good? <laughs> okay. Psalm chapter 95, and we'll read verses 1 through 3, and it says, O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto him with psalm. For the Lord is great. And everybody said, Amen. the Lord is great. Amen. Amen. All right, we'll work on that. And, <laughs> and a great king above all gods. You know, we wouldn't be here if we didn't serve a great God. Amen. We wouldn't be here if it was just some prophet or, or some, some you know, buddy that wants you to drink some Kool-Aid and send you down to South America or whatever. Like, we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for that. I'd hope not. I mean, he was able to fool a few people. But um, let's sing together is the, what I title this. And, and I, I begged, borrowed, and stole a lot of these c- concepts. None of this is new to me. I try to make everything based on Scripture. Um, and you know, I can recommend a couple books where you can basically reread what I just preached to you. So um, let's go ahead and pray and, and make sure God's in charge and that, that we say what needs to be said. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. Lord, we thank you for the changing of the seasons. We thank you for the beauty of fall. Lord, we thank you for our church that we have. Lord, these people that have gathered together to hear from your word, and I pray that you would allow me to peace for your word and what you would have me to say. Lord, I pray that you would keep any distractions, any, any thoughts, any um, emotions out of the way and let us just receive your word um, as you would have it be preached. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Now, you, as somebody that doesn't think about this stuff as much as I do, I, I nerd out on a lot of things. Um, if I find something that I'm interested in, I tend to just like dig deep and like find a lot of stuff. Um, I've been recently been, been working out a lot, and I nerd out on all these different movements and all these different plans and all these different things. I, I nerd out on music. I nerd out on the theology behind music. I thought there's a theology of music. How many know what theology means? Like, I, I don't want to, like, assume anybody knows. Theo- theology means the study of God. You know, uh, the, theos is, is God, and ology is the study of. And so... I think about these things, and you may have not given it much thought, and that's fine, because that's, that's not what you're on the earth to do, is think about all the things I think about, but God has given us a spectacular gift and an expectation for us to sing. You know, it, it's not just, hey, this person's talented, so he should sing, or, you know, she's got a great voice, or she can play the piano, or, you know, whatever. That, that's not the case. God does gift people in certain ways, but it, it's an expectation that God has of us to sing, and whatever your thoughts are about singing, we're all in the same uh, spiritual home. We're, we're the same family, and as Christians and as the church, and we should always, and the church should always be a place of joyful singing. How many of you notice um, when we choose songs? A lot of times, most of the time, I think ninety-nine point nine percent of the time, whenever we start off, I try to have like a happy song, like an upbeat song, one that we can kind of wake up to. How many of you love getting up early on Sunday mornings and going to church? So, what fifty-fifty? Like you know, <laughs> and, and some days is better than others, especially in the fall and the winter. Whenever you know you got to leave for church and it's only been daylight for you know fifteen minutes or whatever. Um, that's tough. That's tough to get the kids going and even myself going. But, but church should be a joyful place, a place of celebration, a place of, of gathering together and enjoying ourselves. Um, singing is a part of, of what we as the church exist to do. 
Um, Peter, First uh, Peter 2.9 says, But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him he, uh, who hath called you out of the darkness into his marvelous light. So he has chosen us for many things, but one of those things is to sing and to praise and to give him glory and to worship. That's part of who we are as Christians. That's part of who we are as even human beings. God created us to worship. And we'll, we'll get there in a minute. Paul wrote to the church at Ephesus, similarly, in Ephesians 5, 19 and 20, it says, Speaking to yourselves in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for the things God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, God, God, God uh, made us and commands us, and I'm getting ahead of myself, to sing, to worship. Um, as I think about these things, and as I said before, as I nerd out on these things, and I've, I've, I talk frequently to Todd and Maria and Pastor Kyle and some of the people, and I said, you know what, the, the church really sang today. You know, the, the church, re- and, 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 you know, sometimes you may, some, I like the screens because it, it's not people looking at me, it's looking at the screens, like I like that. You know, I've, I've, I've led singing before where it's just me, there's no screens in a hymn book, so you're either your nose is in the hymn book or you're looking at me. I don't need that kind of pressure, just look at the screens and, you know, and, and try not to notice all the things, the times I mess up on the guitar. But every week I ask myself that same question, how did the church sing? I don't, I don't think about the last time I messed up, because don't worry, there'll be another one. I, I don't think, it's like, hey, you know, did I start in the wrong key? Or, hey, did, did my worship you know, team show up on time? I don't think about that stuff after the fact. I think about how did the church sing? And, you know, there's great power when the gathered church sings together. You know, I've talked about it before. Like we, it, it, and even in Ephesians 5, it says, speaking to yourselves you know, not just to God, while that's our primary focus, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your hearts to the Lord. You should be asking yourself every day, is like, how did I sing today? And it may not be like singing with your voice necessarily, but singing with your heart. And singing with your voice is fine. I do it all the time in my car going to work, you know. It's just like trying to hype myself up or maybe on the way home from work, it's like trying to bring myself back up, you know, after a day of work. But we should be thinking to ourselves, not just how did I sing this Sunday, how did I sing every day of this week? It, singing is not just a Sunday thing. Um, and there's, there's great power in us gathering together and singing, and I, and I enjoy it so much. But singing is something that we're created to do on a daily basis. So I guess um, I've got three points I want to go through, and they're all stolen, so you know, don't, don't pat me on the back or anything, because I know you won't. Um, number one, we're created to sing. I mentioned that before. When we sing, uh, together or on our own, we are doing what we were created to do. Um, some people, you know, they, they have the blessing of kind of being in their calling of a career, you know. I'm, I'm created to do this, you know, and every day you get to go to work, and some days are better than others, but it's just like, you know, hey, this is what God called me to do. I know my wife, you know, she doesn't work a job, but she has a wonderful job of raising our children. And, and she's with them every day. And she even has the benefit of, of helping raise some other kids and watching a couple other kids throughout the week. And that's her calling. And she says to me, "Is like, you know, I'm, I'm glad I'm able to do that. Um, but whenever we sing, it's similar to that because we are, we are created to sing. And whenever we sing, we should feel a feeling of uh, um, fulfillment in that we're singing. We're doing what we, cre- we were created to do. 
our ability to sing is fearfully and wonderfully made. Um, in a mother's womb, a child's vocal cords are developed as early as 12 weeks along. Think about that. What is it, 40 weeks and 12 weeks? It, like that early, a child's able to, to use their vocal cords, probably not strong enough to be heard, but they're, they're intact and they're there ready to be used. And, you know, while we all may sound differently or look differently as we sing, we may enjoy it more or less than the next person. You know, um, I, I've been in a part, of, a part of a few choirs and some were very inclusive, some were very selective, but there's been some times where certain individuals were placed on the back row. Or, or it's like, hey, you set out next week, you know, and we'll bring somebody else in, you know. Not everybody has the same vocal qualities, but we all have the same feature where we're designed to sing. Um, if you look in Psalm uh, 139, verses 13 and 14, it says, For thou hast possessed my reins, thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that, I may, or that my soul knoweth right well. When we sing, we're not only using our physical bodies to sing, but we use our mind and our intelligence and our emotions. You know, we, we may have the physical properties that, require, that are required to make noise, you know, the lungs and the breath and the vocal cords and the vibration and all those things that go together to make a sound, to speak even as I am now. There's other parts of us that are involved in singing. We have to use our mind. You know, um, most of us don't have every lyric um, memorized every Sunday. I know I don't. That's why I have that cheat sheet back there. Um, we use our minds, and you can't read without your mind and without your intelligence, without training to read. Um, we use our, our, our physical bodies, like I said. We use our emotions. You know, how many of you have ever got emotional in a song? It doesn't even have to be a church song, you know, a love song, or we will rock you at a game or something. Like, you know, uh, you, know you, get, you get pumped up. But that's because God designed our whole being to sing. Our bodies, our minds, our emotions, our souls, whenever you're a child of God, it, it's connected to, to a relationship to the Father. And so there's that communion where, where the singing just becomes on another level, like that fourth dimension, you know. It's just something different. And, and frequently we experience that here. And I think most of you do. I know I do. Um, we have to think about all these things. and We have to use our hearts and our emotions you know, whenever we sing, we join the rest of creation in praising God. Psalm 19.1 says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth forth his handiwork. You know, sometimes, you know, it, it, isn't it interesting to think that, um, we, how, how many of you like even thought about, hey, the, the heavens declare, like, like the, God's creation, like not just human beings or animals, but like physical creation, the mountains and the rivers and the oceans praise God and they, they give him glory. And because we sing, we get to join in in that same worship service of nature. You ever thought about that? Like, like we get to join into something that's bigger than us. You know, we get to join together as a church, as a body of Christ to worship and to sing and to hear our brothers and sisters praise the same God that we all serve. But at the same time, whenever we sing, whether it's in our car, in our living room, washing dishes, whatever the case may be, we get to join in the creation that worships our Heavenly Father. It's, it's, it's something. It's like whenever you're at the Grand Canyon. Have, have you been to the Grand Canyon? Or Glacier or Zion or the ocean and you just think, I'm, I'm so small 
but I'm, I'm a part of this grand creation. It's, it's, it's unfathomable sometimes. And I covered this just a second ago. So some people think I can't sing or I don't like the sound that I'm hearing whenever I try to sing. Um, but no matter what you sound like or you think you sound like, you were created for that purpose. And I mentioned this before. There are, there are choirs and worship teams that are practiced and skillful and talented. But I think I said it last week. It's like the most important choir is the congregation. You know, if, if we never had a, a piano or a guitar or people up here singing or the kids up here singing or special music or whatever, like that would be fine as long as the church sings. And I believe that 100%. The only reason that we have these things is just to be an example and to, to lead and to get the church singing. How many of you have ever heard of what a, a catechism is? Baptists typically don't do that. There are some Baptist catechisms that date back to, I think, the 1700s. But there's a catechism called the Westminster, uh, the Westminster Catechism, and it asks the question. A catechism is usually basically a series of questions and answers. You know, usually it's just, a lot of times it's taught to children, you know, so they can learn these different truths and these doctrines. But um, the Westminster Catechism says, what is the chief end of man? So what is, what, is, what, is, what is man here for? And the answer is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. If you look at Revelation chapter 4, it talks about that, how all things were created by him and for his pleasure they are and were created. And that, that, that's the most important thing is that we, as a human being, glorifies God. If we look at... Um, yeah, we, we like to quote this verse when we talk about people who can't sing, or I don't want to say can't sing, but maybe don't sound as good as the person beside them. Um, Psalm 98 verses, this is a little chunk of scripture here, but it's good. Um, Psalm 98, 4 through 9 says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. There's that joyful noise. It doesn't have to be you know, sounding wonderful, but make a joyful noise unto the Lord all the earth. Make a loud noise. And sing praise. Sing unto the Lord with the harp, with the harp and with the voice of, of a psalm, with trumpets and sound of a cornet. Make a joyful noise before the Lord, the King. Let the seas roar and the fullness thereof, and the world and they, uh, the world and and they that dwell therein. Let the floods clap their hands. Let the hills be joyful together before the Lord, for He cometh to judge the earth with righteousness. Shall He judge the world and the people with equity? You know, and, and I like that verse because it kind of covers a lot of the things that I just said, how the, the, the heavens declare and the, and the seas and the mountains and the hills and the valleys and the changing. We get to have colors in the trees this year. Like, we didn't get like a freeze right after, you know, July 15th or whatever. Like, it was, it was amazing. And, and we, we, got to, we get to see that. But it brings it all together in one picture of creation glorifying God. Uh, number two, we are commanded to sing. Not only are we created to sing, we're commanded to sing. Um, Psalm one, uh, 149 verse 1 says, Praise ye the Lord, sing unto the Lord a new song, and, praise, uh, and his praise in the congregation of the saints. It doesn't say, praise, praise ye the Lord if you feel like it. You know, it doesn't say, hey, if you're having a good day, praise the Lord. It just says, praise ye the Lord. That's an, that's an imperative. You know, and when, whenever we hear these commands from God, 
Um, God's commands are not arbitrary. You know, a lot, of, a lot of times as the parents, we can give just arbitrary commands. Like, hey, just sit down. There's really no reason to sit down other than the kids getting on your nerves. Like, it, it's a thing. But God's commands are always for our good. They're always for his glory, and we should think about that. Anytime that we're commanded to do something, we may not understand. I, I, you know, I've said it so many times, that it's probably getting on people's nerves, but being a parent really brings home so many different relationships that we have with our Lord. You know, it, it, just, it just solidifies things. Whenever, whenever I just shake my head at AJ and like, why did you do that? I think like God's looking down at Isaac. He's like, Isaac, why did you do that? You know, um, but whenever God tells us to do something, a lot of times we don't understand. We may not comprehend what the purpose of this is. You know, whenever, you know, early on, you know, I, I, we've explained it so many times that our kids are grasping like why we shouldn't run across a parking lot. You know, mom and dad are taller than most of the vehicles, and we can see cars that you can't see. There's a reason behind it. And as God gives us a command to stay close to him, you know, because he sees things that we don't see. You know, and so whenever I say that God's commands are not arbitrary, it just means that even though we don't understand what those, those commands are and those directions are, there's a reason for them, and it's for our own good, even though it may seem the opposite sometimes. Uh, we've already talked about where we should sing. We should sing everywhere. We should sing every day. We should sing and make melody in our hearts to the Lord, no matter what the situation. That, that's where we should sing. We should sing in church. We should sing at home. We should sing in the car. We should sing all the time because, because we have so many things to sing about. What should we sing? If you look at Colossians 3.16, it says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly with all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. What should we sing? You know, there's kind of a little bit of a blueprint there. Psalms, you know, we've, we've sung over the last several months directly out of the psalms. Psalm 103 and Psalm 119, I think. And then guess what? Next month we're going to sing another one. So look, be looking forward to that. Um, psalms. Psalms are, are songs that, that you know, the, the Israelites and, and, the, and the Hebrews sang to the Lord. Um, a lot of them, I think, are actually poems, but I think they all can be sung. Don't ask me to do it, but because uh, I don't... I don't know them, at least not, not the way they did them. But songs, hymns. You know, we sang some hymns today. Are you washed in the blood? You know, I'm not sure. I, I didn't look into how old that one was this week, but that one's been around for a few years. I remember it whenever I grew up. You know, we sing Amazing Grace. We sing, uh, what's the, Be Thou My Vision. Goes back, I think, to the 1600s. Those are hymns that people uh, wrote for the Lord. We sang uh, In Christ Alone. That one's only about 20 years old, 22 years old, I think. You know, it, I remember whenever it first came out and, you know, people didn't want to accept it because it was something new, you know, because we don't do anything new. Um, we wait until it's about 50 years old and then we were able to add it, you know. Um, but, you know, we sang um, Living Hope. That's just a few years old. Um, Phil Wickham sings, I think he wrote that when he sings that one, but it, it's a song that, that we can relate to. Uh, how many of you ever sit down and just, I think whenever we first sang uh, Living Hope, we kind of went through one of the verses line by line and just thought about the words. You know, how great the chasm 
that was between us, how high the mountain I couldn't climb. You know, in desperation, I looked to heaven and, and spoke your name into the night. That just talks about our relationship to God and how we were separated from him. And then the rest of the song just talks about how he came to us. You know, and, and those are songs that we should sing. And, and it's a little bit of a rabbit trail. But there's a lot of different styles that people sing. You know, if you go to the inner city of New York, you know, that might sound a little bit different than it would here in Whitehall, Montana. If you go down to my, the church I grew up with in, in Texas, it sounds a lot more southern than it would up here. You know, there's some people that are really southern and where you got people running laps around the church and, you know, and shouting and jumping over the aisles. I've seen it and not quite my thing, but, you know, it's a, you know, it's, it's a way people worship sometimes, you know. Um, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of ways that we can sing. There's a lot of ways that we can worship God um, with our voices. How should we sing? The same verse talks about singing with grace in your heart to the Lord. You know, our attitude should be that of, of grace, that of love, that of um, not, you know, I'm sitting up here and I'm, everybody's looking at me, I'm the man, you know, I'm doing awesome, you know, I have a great voice and you guys don't because you're out here. Like, that's not what I'm talking about. I, you know, our, our hearts should be one of, you know, especially, and I, and I talked to our, 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 our worship team up here, it's like, we're, we're serving, we're leading, we're, 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 this is a responsibility that we have to the church to lead them the correct way right attitude and and it's to the lord it's not for ourselves you know whenever you hear some people singing you know and they're skilled like amazing better than i could ever imagine to be but you can tell in their eye like hey everybody's looking at me you know hey even even in a church i've seen it you know and i've i've heard some things said by some of these talented people that i you know it's just like yeah get over yourself you know (laughs) i'd rather have the person that sits on the back row of the the choir because they're not singing, but they're singing to the Lord up here, you know. Um, how should we sing? And, and, and that's with grace, and, and we should sing to the Lord. And, you know, we should sing also because Christ was an example of us in singing. Uh, Matthew twenty six thirty. It, it's it's at the end of the Last Supper, and he's with his disciples, and um, I think I have that verse up there. <laughs> we have a daddy doing daddy duty back there. <laughs> I, I, lo- I love our kids here. I, for some reason, I didn't. There we go. Matthew twenty six thirty says, And when they had sung a hymn, they went out into the Mount of Olives. And that's just, that's immediately following the Last Supper. And Jesus was a part of that group of disciples that left, and he was singing. You know, and there's other situations. I believe there's other places in the Bible where Jesus sang. But he's our example, and we should sing because we're commanded to sing. And so lastly, and I think I'm not going too far over, we're compelled to sing. Um, God, God's love for us and all that he has done for us should inspire and compel us to sing praises to him. Um, and not only, not, only just, not only because we're made to sing, not because we're commanded to sing, but it should be that of from a grateful heart to the Lord. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 14 and 15 say, The love of Christ constraineth us because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we were all dead, and that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. Like, that last verse talks about Jesus Christ dying and raising again for us and rising again from the grave. Like, that's something that he did for us and we should be grateful and thankful for it and we should sing and worship because of that. 
We're not expected to sing out of thin air or at the drop of a hat like, you know, a trained puppy or something. Like, we, it should come out of a heart of gratefulness. There's a, I can't remember the reference, but it talks about working out your own salvation. That's not talking about working for your salvation. It's like that salvation, that relationship that you have on the inside should start on the inside and then work its way out to be visible by everyone else. A lot of times people do the fake it till you make it thing where they try to make sure the outside looks great, but the inside is rotten to the core. You know, that's not how things work. You know, it's the inside. Just like a few, uh, last year, a year and a half ago in Luke, he talked about how it's not what you put in that defiles. It's what is inside and then comes out that defiles, you know. And, and the same thing with our, with our worship. It should be something that's rooted deep inside of us and then comes out of a, from a heart of gratitude. As a Christian and a follower of Christ... You know, we were once slaves and prisoners of sin, and now we've been freed from that bondage of sin. If you look at John eight thirty two, it says, And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. And in verse 38 says, um, If the Son therefore shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. You know, we are freed from that sin. And how many of you have ever seen um, a kid come out of timeout and be sad? You know? <laughs> I like the kid, the kid illustrations, all right? I'm, I'm a dad. I have kids all the time around me. So um, whenever you're, like, sitting in timeout or even, even playing freeze tag, like you're frozen, and then somebody unfreeze you, like, boom, you're out of there. Like, you're, you're doing something with it. You know, I don't know if that's the best illustration, but you know what? We've been freed, and because we've been freed, we should have that grateful heart and that urgency to do something with the freedom that we have. You know, because Christ... Um, um, because, Christ, because of Christ's sat, uh, sacrifice, we are justified and saved from the consequence and wrath of sin. If you look at Romans 8, uh, verses 8 and 9, it says, But God commendeth his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. For uh, much more than, I know that's all I remember, much more than being justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. Like we've been saved um, through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, and we should, we should use that as, as our motivation to sing and worship to him. You know, um, talking about old hymns earlier, Before the Throne of God Above was written in the 1800s, and if you, it, I've got the second verse up on the screen. It says, When Satan tempts me to despair and tells me of the guilt within... Upward I look to see him there who made an end to all my sin. Because the sinless Savior died, my sinful soul is counted free. For God the just is satisfied to look on him and pardon me. To look on him and pardon me. Like, it's amazing what a song can, can really take a big concept or a large, you know, monumental thing and just condense it into something that we can remember. You know, when I think of that, when Satan tempts me to despair, like it reminds me every day, like usually every day there's a down point in my day. You know, I think everybody can, you know, not everybody lives on cloud nine every day, all day. But when, when Satan tempts me to despair, we can relate to, to that. The next line says, upward I look to see him there. And I'm reminded that he made an end to all and it says, because the sinless Savior died, my sinful soul is counted free. For God the just is satisfied to look on him and pardon me. Like, just thinking about that, and it's not just because I got the sweater on inside, but like I'm, like I'm getting a little worked up and, and a little you know, sweaty and goosebumps and all that good stuff. Um, 
the fact that we were sinners. The fact that there was nothing good. The fact that there's nothing good that we had to offer him. You know, a lot of times we think we should gain the blessings of God because we do this, this, and this, and this. You know, that, that's kind of what a lot of um, ritualistic and legalistic churches, you know, that attitude is like, hey, God should bless me because I deserve it. You know, God should save me because I deserve it. Um, that's not the case. There's nothing good that we could do. And, and, and Jesus Christ, even though we had nothing to offer him, you know, a, lot, a, a few weeks ago, Pastor was talking about how whenever the rich man comes into the church and the poor man, we treat the rich man right because there's something he can do for us. You know, we, that's, how we, that's how we feel like we are to God. Like, hey, yeah, I can do something for you. Hey, I've got all these talents. Or, hey, I've got all this money. Or, hey, I've got this or this or whatever. You know what? No matter what you've got in the bank or what, whatever your inheritance may be, whatever your skills or whatever... Like, that's nothing. God, God owns the cattle on a thousand hills, and he doesn't need us. Uh, you know, God, and you know, honestly, God, God commands us to. God doesn't need our worship. What kind of a God would it be if, if he, like, craved that need? Like, it would be like this codependent relationship between God and us. Like, hey, I'm going to bless him and do these good things for him, and then I'm just, I just want that, you know. A lot of times some relationships can be that way, you know. A mom will take care of their child because they love them, of course, but then that mom just really craves that, that you know, thanks, mom, or hey, mom, you know. That, that's, that's not our relationship. God, God doesn't need anything from us. God, God loved us, and he gave himself no strings attached. You know, uh, there's a saying that goes something like, you know, um, uh, it's really, te- I, I, I just went blank, but it's really telling how somebody treats someone who can give them nothing in return. You know, we can be nice to somebody that, hey, you know, he's on the school board and might help us get this thing, you know, or, or hey, he works at the bank, you know, I'm going to invite him over for dinner and maybe he'll help approve this thing. You know, whatever the case may be, like, there, we can be nice but whenever there's a quid pro quo, there's something for something. But Jesus, uh, but, but you know, God gave his son no strings attached. And he loves us no strings attached. And what I'll end with is a verse out of Philippians 2, verse 13. But true worship and praise comes from a heart full of gratitude for what the Lord has done for us. And the, the verse says, For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his pleasure and God wants us to do what he wants us to do but he also wants us to want to do it you know what I mean um that's one thing that I've been I don't know if struggling is the right word but like with, with my kids again surprise another kid analogy um but I want them to do what's right but I don't want to like do it because they're afraid of a spanking or they're, they're afraid of being grounded. Or I want them to eat their food not because they're afraid they're not going to get dessert or whatever. Um, I want them to just want to do the right thing. I want AJ to not, you know, AJ is the most oblivious kid in the world. How many have kids that are just oblivious? They'll, you know, usually it's the boys that are just walking as like a wrecking ball. And he'll just walk across and step on his sister. Like, no guile, no malice, but just step on her legs and, oh, AJ stepped on me. And it's just, you know, I, I want him to pay attention, not because I don't want to deal with Billy crying, you know, which I don't, but, um, you know, 
you can kill two birds with one stone, but I want him to be conscious. I want him to think about, hey, I don't want to hurt anybody by accident or on purpose, you know. When, when God wants us to worship, he doesn't want us to be up here, you know, singing, all right, God's watching me right now. I better sing. I better, okay, this is an important part. Let me sing louder or, hey, let me even fake a tear here or, hey, let me, you know, raise my hand and all this stuff. Or that, That's not what God wants. He wants us to have that overflowing joy in our heart. And he wants us to want to, to, to sing to him. You know, what's that old song, I want you to want me? Nobody? Oh, come on. It's church. It's okay. But that, that's, that's what I want to leave you with. Like, I, I want to leave, one, a vision of, like, we're created to worship. And we're, we're commanded to worship. But we, because of what Christ has done for us, should be compelled to worship and desire to worship and be fulfilled in that worship. You know, and, and some people may think, hey, Isaac wants me to raise my hand. Like, no, I don't want you to raise your hand. I, 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 last week, was it last week when I kind of went over, or maybe it was two weeks ago, um, some of those, I thought about doing it, but I, I, I decided to go this direction, to go over all the Hebrew words for worship, you know. And this one of them talks about being, uh, I think it's yada, that talks about being clamorously foolish, you know, praise, and being foolish in your praise, you know. And, and I talked about raising your hand and all this stuff. I, I don't want you to do something that's not you. Like, I, I don't want everybody to raise their hand like they're on a roller coaster. Like, no, that's not what I'm all about. I basically want to just say that it's okay to do so. It's, it's, it's fine. Like, you know, I, I grew up in a fairly, you know, stuffed church shirt, you know, and, and I love that church, and I enjoy it every time I go back. But, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of emotion. There wasn't a whole lot of hand raising, you know. There wasn't a lot of running around, you know. It, it may have happened once or twice with a guest speaker, but... Um, but the point, the point of telling you those things in the past, like, it's, it's okay. If that's in your heart, do it. If, 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 if that's inside of you and God wants you to work it out, that's fine. And, and at the same time, you know, there's some people that grew up the way I grew up that might be kind of mumbling. It's like, oh, that person, oh, he's raising his hand. Or, oh, oh he, he's, you know, bouncing up and down or he's clapping. Like, no, we don't need to look down at anybody because God's working with them in a different way. You know, there, there are certain people that they could be the most emotional wreck on the inside, but you'll never see it on the outside. Like, they could, they could, have, they could have an ocean tidal wave of emotion inside, but stone face on the outside. But then there's some people that could be all show and all flash, but there's nothing going on on the inside, too. So, I, you know, I, I feel like sometimes I've pushed, like, hey, raise your hand, hey, get excited, hey, do this. I, I don't want you to do that if it's just a facade. I, I want you to want to worship. And if that's singing out loud with a smile on your face, with your feet firmly planted on, your ground, on the ground and your hands in your pocket, that's great. If it's both hands running around, I don't know if that would be too distracting, Pastor. But if that's what it is, then worship. Praise God. If it's and, and it may not even manifest itself inside this, the four walls of this church. Maybe, you know, you're a little self-conscious whenever you're sitting at a stop. Do we have stoplights in Montana? Not, not very many. If you go to Bozeman and you're sitting in your car at a stoplight, you know, it's, it's okay to sing. You know, I've gotten a few funny looks. You know, just, what is that guy doing? He's singing, Leo. But 
I'm spinning my wheels here at the end, but God wants us to worship him. He doesn't need us to worship him, but he wants us to have that heart of gratitude. And so every time we meet together, or even the times whenever you're at home, um, you know, play some music in the house. You don't have to have the office or whatever playing in the sports center, whatever you like to play on your TV rolling in the background. I used to, my, my nightlight used to be sports center, like all night long, just sports center over and over, never turn the TV off. You know what? Turn that stuff off every once in a while. Play some music. You know, play, you know, uh, we've got some playlists, I think, for the worship team, and, and, you know, Pastor Kyle has one for the church. So it's got some Christian music going, or you can find whatever type music you like. Play it in the house. Sing along to it. Um, every once in a while, I'll go down a rabbit hole of podcasts, and I have to stop myself. It's like, okay, let's listen to some music, okay, because I'm tired of the politics or the self-help or whatever else I'm listening to. You know, let's, let's, let's play some music, and it instantly helps me. And... Um, I guess the point I want to give you is like, develop that, that desire and that, that compulsion to worship. And I'm, I'm saying sing a lot here because, you know, I like to lead the singing, but there's many ways to worship. You know, wor- worship, you know, you can worship by, we, if you look at the slides, we worship by listening to the preaching. We worship by giving. We worship by serving. We worship in our, our private time with our Lord. And whatever you do, Develop that desire uh, to worship. And I'll let, I'll let Pastor come and close things out. Thank you so much for listening. And I, I, hope, I hope that this at least gave you something to think about. And maybe maybe uh, the Spirit of God convicted you about something in your life that may be hindering you from truly worshiping God. Let's go ahead and pray. And Pastor will come. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for your goodness to us, your love. Thank you for giving us a reason to worship. Lord, we're... It, I think of some of these religions that just have a dead um, idol and, and they're worshipped for being a dead idol. But we have a living God and we have a living Savior who has done so many things. And because of all the great things you've done for us, Lord, we should be glad and we should be willing and um, just exploding with our worship and praise to you. And we ask all these things in Jesus' name, amen.